Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. So good. Welcome to church. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Caleb. Me and my wife are on team here at Garden, and it's an honour to be up here today. Anytime we get an opportunity to preach the Word, what an honour it is, and um, I'm so thankful to be up here. And if you don't know me, I'd love to meet you after the service, get to know you, and um, I just want to quickly just say hello from our senior pastors, Pastor Jono and Pastor Amy. They've been away on holidays this week. How good that they can get away, find some rest. I'm not jealous at all. They've been on the snow for a week. Um, I'm not jealous of the cool, though. It sounds a bit cold to me. I'm used to this. I'm, I'm acclimatized now. I surfed this week and there was a bit of a breeze out. It was cold. Don't like it. I want to get out of a wetty ASAP. Okay? But they send their love today. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Come on. Let's do it. Now, we like to be nice and loud. I've got Pastor Julia down the front and she likes to shout us down. Come on. So um, if you can keep up with Pastor Julia, I will be stoked. Come on. Yeah, that's it. Let's go. Hey, what a great two weeks we've had in church life, hey? We had serve day. How good was serve day? That was my first serve day. Who else was their first serve day this time around? Well, a few in the room. Amazing. What a powerful moment. Is that Pastor Alan up there? Oh, yes. Come on. I'm stoked he's here. I love him. Um, last week we had Pastor Paul Geeling here as well. How amazing was that weekend? Our first guest preacher in a few years. How good. Married. Alice and Josh down here, the Rigby's all through the room, amazing. So church, we've been following along just before those two weeks, a series called Now. Everybody say Now. Yeah. Nice. That was, ooh, that was good. Okay, we're feeling it this morning. And Pastor Jono preached two incredible messages. And if you haven't listened to them, please jump on the Garden Church podcast and have a listen. They're so powerful. But we're going to continue on that before we start our next series next week, okay? So you ready for that? So our key scripture is the book of John. John chapter 4, verse 34 to 38. And if you have your Bible today, please open up your Bible, get it ready, get your digital Bible ready. If you don't have any of them, it's going to be on the screen for you. But follow along with me as I read our key scripture for today. You good? All right, let's go. Verse 34, it says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look to the fields. This is the part here. They are ripe for the harvest. Verse 36 says, Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying goes, this is, what, this is the cool part, I'll touch on this in a second, but thus the saying, one sows, another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. This is our key scripture and we're going to touch on it. I'll quickly just go through some context of what was happening here. I'm going to put it into a little bit of a narrative for you. Okay, who here likes stories? I like stories, okay? So here's some context to what was happening, okay? Just picture, right? In your mind's eye, your imagination, 
Okay? Think about where they were at that time. They were in a plain near this place called Jacob's Well. And if you know the start of what happens in this key part of Scripture, Jesus has just met the woman at the well. Okay? And he's walking through. Okay? And they're in a plain where this event took place. And there were vast fields of wheat. It may be that at that time the disciples had even walked wearily along the road. And they looked on those wheat fields and saw, maybe with disappointment, that the grain was still green right? The grain was still green. It was not yet ripe. Perhaps they had been commenting among themselves that it would still be somewhat four months until the harvest was ready. Perhaps they had wished that instead of having to walk into the town and go purchase and buy food, that they could just walk in and um, take um, and glean some ripe grain from the fields, right? Yet, even as Jesus was speaking to them, if they had simply turned their heads to the other direction, they would have seen the crowds of eager, spiritually needy, lost people making their way up from town to where Jesus was. Those eager townspeople represented a harvest, a harvest that was far different, a harvest that was far greater and a far greater priority to Jesus. It was a harvest that I believe the Lord is giving and it was teaching something to those disciples and he's teaching us about that to this day. People who follow him, an important lesson. Jesus was teaching them some principles about their part in the work of the great harvest of the gospel. The great work of the gospel. So let's recap. We've learned through these few weeks and what Jesus was saying here in verse 35 is that the harvest is ready when? Now. Now. The harvest is ready now. Not a harvest of grains, not a harvest of fruit, but a harvest that was of people, right? Not next week, not next month, not in four months. The harvest was ready now. The harvest was ready now. The harvest is ready now. Pastor John I spoke about how we must stop procrastinating, stop waiting, but to see what he sees, to see the fields, to see what he sees, to see the hurt, to see the broken, to see the lost, to see the people that need to find Jesus, people who need to be restored, made new, made whole, to be found. This means as followers of Christ who see what he sees, we must have urgency. Urgency. Sounds quite uncomfortable, doesn't it? Urgent. Who here likes to live life in an urgent way? Yeah, down here, this is, this is the Northern Rivers, right? We ain't urgent, right? I can say that because I'm down here, but it's urgent in the mornings, trying to get the kids to kindy, that's for sure. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15 says this, either way, Christ's love compels us, yeah. compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our all life. Wow. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised to them, for them. Christ died for you. We received what Christ did. Now it's our time. Now to go and share the gospel. The harvest is ready and ripe now, church. The harvest is ready. My revelation from reading this scripture and what I want to share to you this morning is simply this. The future is now. The future is now. Church, do you know you're standing in the future? 
Anyone? Great Scott. Anyone into Back to the Future? No? Yeah? Some people? All right. Funny, the date that was in Back to the Future, that forward time was in 2015, right? Hoverboards. Where are they at? All I can see is electric bikes everywhere, you know? No hoverboards going on. I would actually be stoked. And even the pump-up kicks, you now you press and... No one remembers that? Man, come on. I love those movies, right? We are standing in the future, a future that was dreamt today. We are standing in something that was sown, that was prepared. Today, we are actually in the future. If you were here last week, you'd have heard one of the examples um, Pastor Paul Geeling shared about Pastor Jono. And Pastor Jono used to work for Pastor Paul and he um, was having a conversation with him when he was early on in his days as a youth pastor. And even in that moment, he asked Jono, you know, what was your dream for the future? And Jono responded even in that time was to start a church in the Tweed Coast. At that time, with great hearing that retrospectively from someone of that season. And I remember I heard that and I looked around. We are in the future. Something that was dreamt. Ten years in the story of Garden Church today, we are standing in the future now of what was dreamt, what was sown. Years and years. Look at this room. Look at these amazing people, this community we call home. Wow, we are in the future. We are in great days, church. The harvest is right. God's kingdom continues to move forward. Amen. Always advancing, always moving forward, always growing. The harvest must continue to be reaped and the seeds must continue to be sown. It's continuous. That is the kingdom. It is continuous. And we're going to start from the end. I'm going to start from verse 38 quickly and read through some principles that I really believe God wants to teach us today. So verse 38 says this, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. My first point is the future has been prepared. The future has been prepared. Even some context of what he says, um, and Jesus is speaking to the disciples, he says the word hard work. And in the original text, the word actually means hard, strenuous, wearisome work. In fact, it's the same word he uses when he's talking about and he's describing the condition of how he was when he, stood, when he walked up to the well at the start of verse 6, at the start of that scripture. It's the same word that he was tired and needed a drink, right? It was weary. See, this verse, Jesus is telling us that the work he calls us to do, the work of reaping the harvest of people brought into relationship with Jesus, would have been very difficult and laborious, even wearisome for us to do. But he says, others have already done the hard part of the work before us. But the hard part has indeed already been done, church. And it's our job to simply step into the work. There's still work involved of sharing the gospel and reaping the harvest. You know, today I, I believe it's so important for us, you know, as let's say a next generation come up to honour the past, to honour what has come before us. That is kingdom. You know, I stand in this room, I look around and families, like I see Josh and Alice here, families and um, the Beatties and uh, the Hendersons and people who moved down and started and helped birth this place that we get to be a part of today. I honour you guys for what you did. I look around, I see Pastor Alan and Vani Pillay, I look around Pastor Bob and, you know, Mama and Papa, Carriage, people who have gone before us 
Pastor Julia, who has sown seeds of years and years and years today that we stand here in the harvest of what has been sown. This is what it's about, church that we continue to reap the harvest and continue to sow the seed, right? It's a godly principle and I honour you today. Come on, can we give a round of applause? We honour you. We do. Now it's up to us to reap the harvest. The work has already been done. The hard work. Jesus is sending us, church, Wow, others by God's providence have done the hard work and we have entered into the benefits of their labour. You know, I can remember a story. Um, I'll tell you a few years ago, I was a young, young pastor at the church I grew up in and it was the first time I ever got to preach, just like today, in church. Now, any young pastor who's done it, that's a big moment, okay? You spend years getting to that point, right? And then finally, they've given you the microphone. You have that half an hour and you can do whatever you want, Right? It's a big deal, okay? And um, I remember I probably spent way too much time preparing this message. Oh, it was, it was, anyway, we'll get on, don't listen to the, it's probably, it's probably actually gone now. You wouldn't ever be able to find it. But I remember that morning and I was nervous, young guy, and I walked into the foyer of the church and I was standing there and I was looking around and I was meeting people and, you know, hello, very pastoral. And then this guy walks in the room. Now, he's not just any guy, okay? And this, this man actually, um, after many, many years of ministry, decided to retire on the Gold Coast and decided just to attend the church that I went to. And this um, man is named Pastor Andrew Evans. And if anyone in the room knows who Pastor Andrew Evans is, um, and Pastor Andrew Evans and Pastor Dell walk in, and I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I'm telling you, Pastor Andrew Evans, if you don't know, was he ran the AOG in Australia, right? What was the, what was the position called? Is it superintendent? General superintendent? Chairman. Um, okay, so he's a big deal, right? He walks in. He was a senator, okay? He started the Family First Party. He had the biggest church in Australia for many years, Paradise Church, okay? This guy is a legend, a general, right? And every, more, every time I'd see him, I'd go, Pastor Andrew, I'd almost bow. It's like, what do I do? It's like, you know, bow, bow to you, Pastor Andrew. What, like, how do I honour you? Like, you know, what kind of offering can I bring, you know? Frankincense or you know, like. And he walks in and I'm like, okay. I'm just, I'm going to quit. Like, this is too much. And he walks in, he goes, good morning. And he would always walk up to me and he'd go, mighty man. And he grabbed my shoulder, mighty man. And he grabs me and he, he's like, and he would ask what I'm doing that day. And I said, oh, I'm actually preaching today. And I saw in his eyes. And he pulled me to the side. And he comes over and he goes, and he goes go for it. <laughs> he holds my shoulder. And he's like, and he just prophesied over me in that moment. And he just said, all power, all authority of heaven is on you today. The word that you are not speaking. And he spoke on me. And I remember as a young man who got up to stand on that platform that day. And as much as, yes, Pastor Andrew was in the room, I was standing on his shoulders. That day I preached, and it may not have been the greatest message, whatever it was, but that day I was standing on the seeds, the harvest that he had sown, and he had spoken into me. And that day I just walked in it. I did the work that was prepared before me. God has prepared the season we are in church. It has been prepared. That day I stood there and may not have been the best message, as I said before, but I believe that God used that moment 
for His glory. We should be grateful, confident in the work that God has called us to. He has prepared it, church. Now it's up to us to step in. It does cost us something. We actually have to step in now today, not sometime down the track, not next week, not next month, not next season, but today. We stand on the shoulders of what was sown. We do. Here in the Northern Rivers, we are in this place today. God has given us a mandate, an opportunity to take His Word, His Gospel into every area, to be in a place of influence in this region. Do you believe that? I believe it, church. I believe that each and every one of us, doesn't matter what season you're in, have been called to hear today for this time. The harvest is ready and ripe. My second point is this. The now creates the future. The now creates the future. Verse 36. It says, Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Verse 37. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. Now, I don't know if this was a um, popular saying of the day, but I suspect it was probably spoken with some sort of cynicism in that line, that figure of speech, because it's spoken. If you look at grammatic, it's actually spoken like a figure of speech. He says there, thus the same, right? As if to say, some people get all the breaks, right? Some people get all the breaks. One person does all the hard work and somebody else reaps the benefits, right? One sows, another reaps, right? One person does the sowing, one person gets all the benefits, okay? (laughs) But see, Jesus here takes what was probably a popular gripe and turned it into an expression of truth, an expression of truth. And what he's saying here is, for in this, that is, when applied to the work of the harvest, the saying is actually true. One person really does do the sowing. One person really does do the reaping, right? But the principle only works in partnership together. You can't have one without the other. You must have both to receive a harvest. Today, you need to know, church, you are needed. Each and every one of you who are here today, you are needed today. Maybe you are hoping you're going to be able to come into church and sit at the back and just hide and no one will see you. No, you are needed today. Now, church, God has called you today. Here, you are needed. Matthew 9, 37 says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The workers are few. God has called us to the great harvest. It's up to us to step in now. You know, the future doesn't just happen. It doesn't. There are choices we make now that create the future, right? Even if they are intentional or not. We make choices every day that create the future that we walk in. The choice is up to us and what kind of future we want. And the choices we make to step into the future that God has called us to now to create the future we want in our lives and for his kingdom. It doesn't just happen. You know, I wish next month I could wake up with a six pack. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, 
Oh, yeah, Caleb Stokes here, like a six-pack like Caleb Stokes or something, right? Like, how good it be if we just rock up, just boom, boom, you know, a month from now? Wouldn't that be awesome, all right? It's not going to happen, or maybe it might. Petter, let's do it. Let's start doing crunches at lunchtime. What do you reckon? Um, it's not going to happen unless I make choices today for what is to come. It is the choices we make now, church, that help us to set up the future, right? We have to decide every moment, every morning you wake up, what future do you want? What choices are you going to make that, that day for you to step into the future that God has called you to? We must make choices now to create the future. You are needed, church. You are needed. <laughs> oh, I love it, Pastor Julia. So good. Church, your past doesn't disqualify you. Know this today. The season in life you're in does not disqualify you. The stage of life does not disqualify you. Your qualifications don't disqualify you. Church, your bring up, the way you were brought up in life does not disqualify you today. Maybe you're afraid, you're apprehensive to step into all that it means to follow Christ. The time is now. Church, the time is now. I can speak to anyone in this room today that you would know that God has called you now, right? If this is a time to step in, join Planted. Join into something. Step in. Make the choice today. Maybe you're a young person in this room, a teenager or a young adult, and you feel like, God, I've just got to wait till I'm a little bit older, a little bit more mature. No, the time is now. The time is now for you to make a difference in your school, in your university. The time is now to invite people to church. The time is now to start leading, to step into all that God has for you. Maybe you're a mother in this room. Maybe you're in a season where you feel like every day just falls into the next and you're just finding it difficult to even get out of the house, right? Know this, you don't have to do it alone, right? We're in a community here. God has called you for now. Just because you're in this season does not mean you can't reap a harvest. God has called you for now. I'm speaking that to you, mums. We love you. What you do is incredible. Honestly, I couldn't do it. But God has called you now. Now, you know, join a community. Step in. What Heidi and the mums and bubs are doing is incredible. Try and get there. Get someone to help you. Whatever it takes, step into it now. Who's this guy speaking about something he doesn't understand? All right. because George is serving kids today so I can be a bit more free. She's probably listening to the recording now too so I'm going to get in trouble. You know, maybe you feel like you're not enough. Maybe you feel like you don't know enough. <laughs> God can use anyone. God uses a donkey, right? He can use you. The time is now, church. Can I encourage you? Don't to step back but to step in, right? Step in. The time is now. It's the choices we make now that affect the generations to come. You know, how great is it to be in this season as a church and building for a legacy? Wow, what an opportunity. The time is now, church. This is such a significant time to build, to sow the seeds for what the future will look like for the next generation, for my daughters and my kids, for your kids, for the next youth, for young adults, whoever's walking through those doors today, we have an opportunity to sow the seed, 
to see God, the God of the generations, move in a mighty way. See, he builds from generation to generation, church. That is what he does. I'm standing up here today, and it's amazing even hearing Peter's story, but I'm, I'm a third-generation pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My father is a pastor. I'm a pastor walking in that. For me, I stand up here today, and I thank God that he has brought me into this family he has brought me into a place where I feel like I'm walking on their shoulders, but I am setting that standard for my kids who's coming after me and the generations that are coming after them. The generations and God is a generational God. It's the seeds we sow today that provide the harvest for the future. The future that we want to see, the future that God has called us to church. Today, we are planting the seeds. It is so important. Psalm 145. Verse 5 says this, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. We know the sacrifices we make today, church, are preparing the harvest for the generations to come. To come. The crop that is harvested in the future is sown now. Now. You know, I'm always aware there may be people in the room who don't understand um, this language even we're using today. And in context of sharing the gospel, what it means is the sower is the one who came before and did the work of preparing someone, their heart, preparing them ready for the gospel. Others are the ones who reap by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're the ones who are in that place at the right time, at the right season, the right manner that are there to come and share the gospel for people to step into faith with Jesus. You know, I know this story that... Um, Billy Graham used to um, talk about, he used to call his crusades reaping events. Reaping events, right? And he would, he would talk about these crusades. Thousands of people, as we know the stories, would pour in to these stadiums and to these arenas and to these places and people and thousands of people would give their life to Jesus in those moments. But he called them reaping events because he knew that a lot of sowing had gone before those moments, Right Before the reaping, there must be sowing. He knew that a lot of people had been brought, people had brought their unsaved friends, had brought their family who they had been speaking into, been praying for over seasons and seasons and seasons. And finally they come to that moment and just then they say, Jesus, and they surrender and they step into a relationship with Jesus. All before they heard the salvation call, they accepted Jesus. That moment, it was the seeds that were sown for the harvest that was ready. Church, have you ever worked or done something and you felt like you've worked hard at it, but someone else has reaped the benefits? Right? Right? Any apprentices in the room? Right? The apprentices do all the work, right? While the trades all sit there and wait and then turn up and then there we go. Hey, Sam. That's all Sam does, right? All, the, all, yeah, all his electrical apprenticeships, they just do it all. He just sits there and goes fishing and then they turn up and gets, you know, anyway. <laughs> or have you been the other way around? Have you reaped the benefits of someone else's hard work before? Right, we've probably all got many stories like that. I remember as a young youth pastor and um, there was this young guy called Chase. Chase, okay? And Chase turned up to youth one week. And, and I love this kid. This kid smelt real bad, eh? He had horrific B.O., any guys have done youth ministry before, you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? And he was, he was the nicest kid. He had like a couple of front teeth missing. He was just this legend of a kid. And he comes to youth and he comes up to afterwards and I was really nice to him. He goes, Caleb, can you drive me home? I'm like, yeah, mate. He's like, my dad doesn't have a license. My mum, you know, like 
rough family, okay? So I'm like, yeah, mate, for sure. I've got my pee plates. I'm in Bible college, so I've got no cash, right? But I drive him home. And then he finds out, oh, there's creative and choosing. There's a youth creative. Oh, I want to get into video editing. So he's like, Caleb, can you drive me to church? I'm like, yeah, mate, why not? So I pick him up, drop him at creative, take him home. Next day, he's like, oh, you guys got a small group? I'd love to go to a small group. I'm like, yeah, mate, you can come to my small group. So I drive to his house, pick him up, drive him back. And then he's like, oh, I can't get to youth this Friday. You reckon you can pick me up for youth? Yeah, yep. So I pick him up, drive him to youth. Oh, you guys do church on Sundays. I'd love to go to church. So I pick him up, drive him to church. I was going to Chase's house every second day of the week. And then he started doing things like this. He'd be like, oh, did you hear about the new burger they've got at KFC? Or did you hear Macca's has got this new deal that's, you know, I'm like, oh, really? Like, oh, yep, yeah, let's, let's go get Macca's. So yeah, I'd, I'd buy him Macca's and, you know, all these things. And the story goes on and goes on, goes on, goes on. And this guy, he would turn up to youth and he would, he would make a mess. He would not listen to any rules. He was just the hardest kid in that room, right? And then one day on a Friday night, I don't get a message from him and he doesn't, doesn't come to youth. And I see him that. So he goes, oh, can you pick me up from church? And I pick him up, drive him to church. And he goes, oh, Caleb. I went to this youth on Friday night and I went there and I gave my life to Jesus at that place. There was this amazing moment and it was incredible. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, thanks, thanks God. What? Like, I'll take like 20 bucks of fuel money, like not just the one moment of being the one being there to help lead him to Jesus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit did a massive work on me that day. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about the harvest. It's about the souls. It's about the people. It's about the hurt and the broken being restored, church. This is what it's about. I learned that day that it doesn't matter how many seeds I sow. It doesn't matter how much work I do. It doesn't matter how hard that season is, church. It's all about the harvest. If I'm the one to reap or not, it doesn't matter. I can't wait till our children's ministry is packed, that we can't fit them in these rooms. Our youth ministry, we've got rooms that need to be expanded and grow because I believe that there's a harvest that God has prepared for us, for our future church. The time is now. The seeds that are sown today, church, when it comes down to it, sowing or reaping, it doesn't matter. The purpose is the harvest. We're in the season of sowing and we're in the season of reaping. You can't have one without the other. Hmm. Know this today, we're all planters of the seeds. Yet we're all reapers <laughs> at the same time. Right? At the same time. That the kingdom of God is always sowing and reaping. And what matters most is the harvest. There is in fact no greater calling on all of our lives. No greater calling. That's not just on the ones who maybe have a title of pastor. No, it's for all believers, all followers. The harvest is ripe and ready now for all of us, church. It's up to us to do the work, to step in. Hmm. We're here to advance the kingdom, right? Doing the work that would first bring glory to God, right? It's not about us. It's about Him. But then it's about those people, those hurt, lost, broken people that come and find eternal life that Jesus talks about. I love, <laughs> I love this simple thought, right? 
right, when it comes down to it. And my prayer is just for this to you, that Christ's love would compel you today. The love that you have experienced would compel you not just to enjoy it and bask in it, but to action. But to action. The love that you have experienced would lead you to share that love. Right? Compel you to action now. A love that made you respond and continue to respond to the gospel. That God raised the crucified Jesus from the dead and thereby launched a new world, a new creation, right? A new creation that he invites everybody to. That is the gospel. God with open arms inviting anyone who is willing to not turn their back but to step in to the sacrifice that he did for me, he gave for me, for you, to step into the new creation, into the new world, his kingdom that is happening, not for some time down the future, some time away, but it's happening today. Now, church, the gospel is happening now. His kingdom has come, right? And it's continuing to come. It's continuous, church. It's a choice that we make to respond to the love that he first showed us. The future has been prepared. The now creates the future, church. The future is now. The future is now. If you are willing, why don't you stand with me? Right now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over all of you and over our church. I would welcome the team to come up. Jesus. Oh, God. Father, right now, I pray to you, Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the love that you have shown us. Lord, as we step in, Lord, as we are compelled by your love, Father. Lord Jesus, I pray upon every heart, upon every single person in this room this morning, Father. I pray, Jesus, Lord, that they would, Lord, first of all, experience you afresh again. Lord Jesus, they would know, God, that the love that you have, Lord, so um, fervently sought out for each and every one of us, Lord God. They would know that love deeply, Lord. Lord, they would know the love that you have for them. But Father, I pray, Lord, that love would compel us to action. Lord Jesus, I speak into it right now, Father, over our church, Lord, that there is a harvest that is ready, that is ripe, if we are willing to step in today, step into all that you have called us to, God. So Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would set a light, a fire, Holy Spirit upon our hearts. Oh Lord, in my heart, Jesus, I pray for such a fire, Lord Jesus, Lord, to share the Word, Lord, to share, Lord, all that You have given to me. Lord God, I pray over our church, Lord, that our people, Lord, would walk into situations, God, Lord, where they feel Your Spirit and they move to action. Lord God, I pray You would open up doors, relationships, communities, situations, Lord, where they will have the opportunity, Lord, to share Your love. The harvest is right. It is ready, church, and it is ready now. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. I pray for that. You know, in this moment, and if you're in the room and maybe you've never responded to the love that we have spoken about and worshipped all morning, I'd love to give you a moment right now to be able to respond, to not turn your back, but to step in to relationship with with Him. He loves you. He knows you. So right now, across the room, if everybody, can you close your eyes? Maybe place a hand on your heart right now. And I'm going to pray 
a prayer. And if this is you, if you feel like, Jesus, I don't know you, but I would love to. We're going to pray. All of us together, we're going to pray. And if this is you, I want you to respond, to close your eyes and to pray it to God. He hears you. He's here right now. He wants to connect with you. He wants to know you intimately. If that's you right now, pray it. Pray it with us. Dear Jesus, today, I choose to step in to know You, to love You. Today, Jesus, I choose to follow You. Lord, come into my heart. Renew me. Restore me. Today, Jesus, I pray the past is behind me and the future is in front of me. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. If that's you, come on. Everyone church, let's give them praise clap right now. Amazing. If that was you, I'll be down the front after the service. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to give you a gift, a Bible, to better answer any questions you have. But church, today I pray that you would remember, you would know the harvest is ready now. The harvest is ready now. In Jesus' Name. Come on, we're going to worship and then Peter's going to come. Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N Church.